Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled Sanctifying Daily Life, Lessons with Escriva. Today I have with me Benjamin Valley. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for being here. Truly do appreciate it. Yeah, definitely excited to be here with you. Well, I'm excited to have you. So just to, to give a little intro before I actually introduce our speaker, when I first started uh, this, small, this small little ministry and started this page just a few months ago, um, I found myself really excited when February rolled around and I had a follow from the Jose Maria Escriva Institute. And as you can imagine, you know, just being a small little page with a I don't even know how many followers I probably had, maybe 2,000 or something <laughs> like that. Uh, I, I told people, I said, guys, I, I quote unquote, jokingly made it. Um, Jose Maria Institute followed me back and they were you know, kind of laughing at me, but uh, you, you guys have lots of followers. 30, I looked right before this, close to 35,000. So for me, it was yeah. a big deal. And that was, you know, something that definitely gave me a little bit of a push to understand that maybe the Lord could use me in this way. And then, of course, it got even better. As come April, uh, Benjamin reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in writing for their blog. And so I was given an opportunity to just share a little bit of what brought me to even talk or create Gotta Be Saints. And so from there, of course, Benjamin and I chatted just a little bit. And um, also, if you know the logo of Gotta Be Saints, the man on there who is a priest, he's missing his signature glasses, but it is Jose Maria Escriva. So he is one of my favorites. And so that's led us here tonight um, just to talk a little bit about lessons that Jose Maria Escriva shares with us. Um, just such a beautiful, beautiful saint and a man that I think is wonderful for, for our times because all of his messages seem to be so applicable. Um, so now to introduce our guest and Benjamin growing up wanted to be a circus clown mainly because he has the red hair and he can juggle. But thankfully, God had other plans for him. He considers himself a minimalist, but when it comes to tacos and coffee, that's not the case. And I support the tacos, especially. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Taco Tuesday fanatic. Yes, in his free time, time, do you have a place in Chicago? Oh, um, that's a good question. I have not found like the one go-to yet, which is which is sad. There's many. Let's put it that way. There's many. Good, <laughs> it's a great food. <laughs> well, to continue introducing you in your free time, he likes to consume water skiing, tennis, and attempting to learn a new musical instrument or tackling home renovations projects. So this is something I didn't know about Benjamin until he sent me his bio. He actually graduated from Franciscan University of Steubenville. So when I finally thought that maybe I was going to have a guest who went to a different school. I didn't. And I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to see more Franciscan grads. So he holds a bachelor's degree in catechetics and theology 
and is currently pursuing certification in interior architecture and design through the Interior Design Institute. He works as the communications coordinator for the Jose Marias Griva Institute and freelances as a worship leader and accompanying this in the Chicagoland area. Thank you so much, Benjamin. Um, so excited to have you here. So I guess to start, can you just tell me your story and then from there, how that kind of ties into how you started working for the St. Jose Maria Institute. Sorry, I, I know I've said in Escriva. I'm so used to saying his whole name, but the St. Jose Maria Institute. No worries. Yeah, thanks again, Brendan. Um, happy to be here. Uh, yeah, so for me, I, I guess growing up um, was definitely cradle Catholic, went to Catholic school and very involved family at our very small kind of rural country church. Um, but for me, a lot of it was simply just kind of going through the motions. Um, and so it wasn't really until my first year at college, I actually, uh, before Franciscan started off at the University of Illinois um, studying music and was living at their Catholic Newman Center um, and just had a great experience at the Newman Center and met a lot of people, a lot of peers on fire with the faith. Um, and so they, they really kind of opened my eyes and just, positive Catholic peer pressure, found my way on a retreat um, of that first semester of college and uh, just had a really kind of eye-opening experience, conversion moment through adoration and prayer and just really being able to talk to people about the faith um, who are passionate about it, who again were just kind of my peers and on fire with their faith. And so from that moment, um, at the same time, I was also kind of in this period where I loved music. I grew up playing piano and guitar and at the time was studying music performance and music education, but um, was starting to realize more and more like the push to perfectionism in the music industry and realizing more and more that I love music as a hobby, but not as a lifelong career, so to speak. Um, and so through a lot of conversations with people, um, learned about Franciscan and learned about theology and going into youth ministry and, um, yeah, growing up, I loved working with youth and volunteering at my church and things like that. And so um, after my freshman year, I found my way to Franciscan University, um, which, as you know, is a great place. It's a good Catholic hub. Um, and so I studied theology and catechetics, had a great experience out there. Um, and throughout the summers, I was volunteering with, um, <clears throat> with the Totus Tuus program in the Archdiocese of Chicago and running summer camps for through high schoolers um, within the Archdiocese of Chicago and really started to fall in love with uh, parish ministry and youth ministry and working with teens and youth. And so after graduating from Franciscan, I came back to Chicago and worked as a youth minister for about three and a half, four years, and then took a little time off and um, was freelancing as a worship leader, um, started accompanying um, at churches in Chicago, and then um, found my way to the St. Jose Maria Institute a couple of years ago, um, just kind of through a mutual friend had been working there. Um, and that's kind of how I came to know about the Institute itself. But um, I first came to learn about St. Jose Maria um, back probably, I think, at U of I, I learned a little bit at Franciscan as well, but um, really didn't know too much about him jumping into the Institute, I think really all I knew of his writings was maybe like the heroic minute and uh, don't hit snooze, but just wake up. <laughs> hey, that's um, honestly even a pretty that, darn good one. Yeah, oh, for sure. And even that, I'm like, I didn't know, yeah, I didn't read too much into it, but that's really all I heard people talk about him. 
Um, and so I really kind of jumped into the Institute. I knew at the time that I wanted to kind of move away from full-time parish work and kind of get into, I've always had a knack for communications and, um, and that type of work and kind of wanted to make that transition um, from parish ministry into um, still working in ministry, but a little more nine to five type setting. Um, and so I found my way to the Institute and it's been a, um, it's been a great journey with St. Jose Maria too, just being able to immerse myself in his spirituality, so to speak, and to be able to read his writings and um, just continue the mission of the Institute and learn so much more about him that he's really become one of my favorite saints over the past couple of years. That's incredible. I love it. Well, as, as I stated earlier, you know, our title tonight is, you know, Sanctifying Daily Life Lessons with Escriba. Um, one thing that I think he does, as well as, as any of the saints, you know, is finding ways to bring holiness or, you know, that call to holiness into every little thing that that comes up in our life you know as you mentioned already the heroic minute you know this when you're waking up if you if you're unaware of what the heroic minute is it's that moment when your alarm goes off and right there in that first minute you get out of bed and you know he he talks about it much more eloquently than I'm about to but you know talking about how it's it's a way to conquer the day to start off with you know right away right. getting up and and telling Satan, look, I'm, I'm here to win today. Um, and so anyway, I, I mentioned that just to say that he does such a good job of, of bringing that opportunities for sanctity into every little thing. Um, and everything can be a prayer, which we, we all know, but I think sometimes the practicality of it is not always understood. So I guess my next question is how, if someone's listening to this at home, you know, maybe they have that question, how do I really invite God into everything? How do I find my uh-huh. self inviting God into me hitting the snooze button? What's wrong with me waking up <laughs> 10 minutes later? You know, I, so right, if right. you could hit on in your, yeah, in your from your perspective. Sure. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's, I think it's one that kind of evolves over time to with you as your spirituality grows kind of what that looks like and bringing God into all aspects of your life really changes, I think, and evolves over time. Um, but I think for me, it really just begins with building up that personal prayer and the personal relationship with Christ and really being able to identify the voice of Christ in the silence and kind of in those moments of solitude with God one-on-one. And then from there, then you're able to see God in the small moments of the day, you're able to hear his voice through kind of like the chaos and the noise of every day once you're able to hear and identify his voice in the silence. And so, yeah, so I would really say just identify, really kind of in the spirit of St. Josemaria of intentionality, kind of carving out that time for prayer. Um, And then from there, I think it's so much easier to bring God into kind of the everyday moments in that, your daily life is really already rooted in Christ and rooted in prayer. And so at the beginning of each task, whether you're starting your work day, you're sitting at a desk, whether you are washing dishes in the kitchen, whether you are cleaning the house or whatnot, um, just offering those moments, those tasks to the Lord, offering just a simple prayer of surrender, or maybe it's as simple as like putting a crucifix by your desk, putting an image, a religious image or a saint, 
um, above the kitchen sink, things like that to remind you to kind of call in the presence of God throughout the day um, and to just really invite him into those moments. And I think slowly over time, you kind of build that habit. Um, and yeah, hopefully it's a good habit and that habit will stick um, as, as your life evolves too. Yeah, I know. I like, I like what you said though about it in the sense of evolving and kind of you, you, you come to grow into that, you know, as your prayer life evolves and, and hopefully grows, you too notice how he is involved in everything. I remember uh, right. about a year ago, you know, I found myself in confession and the priest just asked me, you know, he's like, how many times did you pray today? And it was interesting because if I had looked at my day, even a year earlier, that same day, I might've said once, twice, you know, in the sense of thinking from it, okay, I went to mass and I spent time in adoration or in the chapel twice. And right. instead, you know, I looked at the priest and I was like eight, nine circumstances, you know, I was able to pinpoint and it wasn't that I was necessarily doing anything differently other than being more intentional as you, as you kind of hit on, you know, inviting him into it. You know, when I woke up in the morning, as I was driving to work, as I sat there at lunch, you know, in my conversation mm -hmm. with someone, you know, you just start to realize, no, wait, he is a part of all of these things. And we're so much better for it when we start to notice that, you know, not to say he doesn't work in our lives in those moments where we don't necessarily directly see his, his connection or where he is, but it is something that I think helps you and I in our, in our growth in the faith. But I guess, I guess uh, my next question though would then be um, if you have any lessons that you think, you know, now you said you've been there for a couple of years, any lessons that you've learned from Jose Maria that you think might benefit somebody listening to this? Cause I mean, I think there's <laughs> so many, but anything that sticks out. To yeah. You? Yeah. We could, we could really talk for hours about <laughs> the lessons of St. Jose Maria, but uh, yeah, kind of building off the, um, just the intentionality aspect. And I think kind of stemming into your life of prayer. And like you said, being able to, um, schedule it in and then yeah just finding time throughout the day but um i think our whole our whole spiritual life really stems around whether we're whether or not we're going to make that intentional aspect to really grow in our spiritual life and that we can't grow without putting in the effort or being conscious of that um and kind of what you touched on earlier with the heroic minute once i really learned like the concepts behind his heroic minute of waking up on the dot and things like that um and not hitting snooze it's really with that intentional aspect behind it, you are, you're gaining opportunities to sanctify yourself. And by hitting snooze without realizing it, you're teaching yourself that it's okay to kind of slack off. It's okay to, you know, put, put your life on hold for five more minutes as you sleep. But in those five minutes, you could have already gained opportunities to sanctify yourself at the, at the start of your day. Um, and so, yeah, so St. Jose Maria is huge on intentionality. Um, and then um, definitely sanctifying the ordinary moments and that any, any aspect of the day is an opportunity to, um, to discover Christ and to find holiness. And I think for me too, 
for the longest time, I used to kind of put holiness on a pedestal um, of that, oh, you have like, the saints were these tremendous people, they lived great lives, they were perfect human beings, or you have to become a monk and devote yourself to like a life of silence and solitude, so that way you can pray all day, and then you can become a saint. And I think once I kind of broke from that mold at kind of the beginning of my conversion throughout college and things like that, I realized that the spiritual life and the Catholic life is so much more fulfilling because you, Christ wants to be with us throughout the entirety of our day, throughout the entirety of our life. Um, and that he meets us where we're at. We don't have to, we don't have to run off and join a monastery, although that is great, but um, you can find holiness <laughs> in, the, in the ordinary, in the ordinary life, um, in the day-to-day life. Um, and just kind of sanctifying the ordinary moments. Um, so, and then the other point that I want to highlight to you, because like I said, there's many that we could talk about um, from St. Jose Maria, is just the joy that he, that he himself had throughout his life, um, but the joy that he really wanted to, to instill in others in that the Catholic faith is one of joy, a life with Christ um, is one of joy, and that we need to just be a positive witness to the faith and be a positive positive example for others in the world and all those that we meet. Uh, you never know when you're going to meet someone and that you could be the reflection of Christ that they will see that day. Um, and so always keeping the forefront of our mind to live a life of joy and live a life of love for Christ. Amen. Well, it, yeah, and I think both of those things tie in so well. Joy and also, you know, you talked about that, that freeing feeling that can come. Um, I, I remember even in college, I had a friend say to me, uh, and it was so simple, but I'll never forget it because it was, you know, I think I had a similar mindset of the only way I can be a saint is if I go and be a priest or join a monastery. It's just, sure. and, and I mean, I'm guilty of actually portraying that at times. I mean, the, I had somebody after I made, had someone make my logo for Gotta Be Saints, they said, hey, uh, did you realize that you don't have a single lay person on there? And, you know, I, my stomach just churned. I was like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've, abandoned, <laughs> I've abandoned the lay people. But they, they, said, <laughs> they said to me, they're like, Brendan, and this is the simplest thing. They just said, you do realize you don't have to be a priest to be a saint. And, no, I know that's not nothing to write on a, on a graphic, but now I'm going to do it just because. But you, you don't have to be a priest to be a saint. And, and the reason that I, uh, I loved that is it, it, it took a great weight off my shoulders. Because, look, I, I'm still in a position where at 27, I'm not married. I could, if God wants me to be a priest, I'm open to it. But it, it more just put me in a position, a disposition where I was able to look at what God wants for me and also to see it as it's an invitation, you know, for you and I, and for anyone listening to this, God wants you to have what you were talking about, that joy, you know, in your vocation. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. Um, you know, I, I had a priest say to me, I never told you, Jesus, you know, when he was talking about his vocation, he said that the Lord very clearly said to him, I never promised you that it would be easy, but I did promise you peace. And I think that's what it comes down to, you know, we're, and if we were at peace with what, what we're doing in our lives, if we're pursuing holiness, as Jose Maria Escriva talks about, we're going to find ourselves joyful, even in affliction, 
even when times are hard. Right. There's going to be joy in that. And then there's going to be that peace. And it's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing that we can experience if we're, if we're faithfully following him and seeking that sanctity in our daily lives and growing uh, in all of right. that. So I, I love everything you said. And yeah, you're right too, that we both said it. We could talk about the many <laughs> lessons that he could teach us. Um, right. Pretty much pick a topic. And I think St. Jose Maria has something written on it. <laughs> yeah. Which I, is, I, which is I, great. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> um, so I, I guess the, the next question I want to ask, and, and this is, I, I guess, a little bit of a plug for, for your organization as well, but, uh, you know, I, I think it also will speak to the people listening to this, is what is the Jose Maria Institute doing uh, now to, to keep his legacy alive? Sure. Um, yeah, so we, our mission is really just to share the spirituality of St. Jose Maria with with the world um, and slowly, hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> but, you seem um, to be doing a pretty good job in, in, my, <laughs> in my mind at least. Yeah, it is, it is incredible to see yeah, how far that we do reach. We have, um, so we also have a podcast as well where um, we'll have priests from Opus Dei who will give, who will share meditations and um, the podcast reaches people throughout the world, um, which is awesome to see people connecting to that and, and I'll um, plug speak. that after this um and the, when I share my episode I'll make sure to share that that podcast so if anyone's listening going oh what's it called you can tell them the name oh, of the awesome. but I will make sure to to share that in our in all of our media sweet thank you um yeah nice and simple St. Jose Maria Institute podcast so um but um but yeah but outside of our podcast we um so St. Jose Maria founded Opus Day, which is um, which is an organization for men and women, laymen and women, also priests to um, grow in community with one another. Um, and there's, I'm not necessarily an expert in Opus Day per se, but um, there's um, different opportunities to come together as men and women um, for retreats and community and small groups and things like that. And so Opus Day is very rooted in the spirituality of St. Jose Maria and so part of our mission with the Institute is really sharing um, sharing the spirituality of St. Jose Maria with all, all those in the world. Even if you aren't part of Opus Day, you can still follow his spirituality and learn from him and gain, and gain from his wisdom. Um, and so outside of our podcast, we, um, we share his writings on social media. We put together audio retreats. We put together... Um, conferences we share his books and things like that um and so really the work that we do we're a digital apostolate just promoting his spirituality and letting his spirituality kind of shine through all the materials that we publish and um distribute i love that a digital apostolate i've never heard that but that is honestly awesome and also so <laughs> necessary for our times um yes and definitely. and if you if you're listening to this, I, I highly suggest following their page. I, I mean, if, if you followed Gotta Be Saints Ever and looked at our story, I've shared their stuff <laughs> quite, quite consistently. Um, and that's not just to, uh, you know, it's because I like it. I'm, I'm pretty deliberate about what I share. It's, if I don't like the content, I wouldn't post it. But I always love their, their stuff. And another cool aspect about Jose Maria, you can watch homilies of his online. I mean... Yeah, he is a is he really is a saint of our times. I know when did he he died in the the seventies? 
1975. Yep. So he's, I mean, it's yeah. been a while, but it hasn't been that long. 45 years. He was alive 45 years yeah. ago. And it's just really cool to, personally, at least, I, I find it cool to witness a, a, a saint that, you know, and watch him and listen to him. And he's funny, mm-hmm. too. You know, he's just a very... Yep just practical <laughs> guy. He's great. So, um, yeah, I, he has a good sense of humor and it's cool to bring up the videos and we have all these photos of him and his life too. And it's interesting to see occasionally we'll get somebody on social media who like knows somebody that was pictured with him or is a relative of somebody that was pictured with him and whatever photos we're sharing and things like that. Um, and it really just brings it home that, yeah, there's so many people in this world still today that knew him personally and, walk this life with him which is awesome yeah oh it's incredible and i mean to see the the reach he's had i i had somebody tell me they were talking about religious orders and they were talking that the ones that we see last um throughout time are typically the religious orders that their founders lived a saintly life you know a truly saintly life Mm -hmm. and and there's a reason that Although the Franciscans have a million different sects, they're they're still going strong because of right. what Saint Francis brought in at the start. You know those those bones um, that kind of held the the order together. They're still there. Same thing with the Dominicans, the Benedictines, right. the, you know the Jesuits, etc. And I think you're going to see it with Opus Dei and with the work that he did um, because he was so holy and his you know, humility guided him. It's what led the organization and the ministry and the apostolate to be what it is today. And we'll continue to see it grow. God willing. Um, Definitely. Amen. Yeah. So I, I guess the, the next question um, that I, I think I want to ask you is uh, it, Jose Maria Escriva spent so much time talking about prayer and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to ask you later, uh, favorite quotes and one of my favorite quotes with his is, is about prayer. But um, if someone comes to you and says, I just, I just don't have time to pray. What is your response? And then, uh, like I said, I'm going to share a quote of his. I want to, I do want to share his, awesome. uh, his quote about not wanting to yeah. pray, but go, go ahead. <laughs> you, I, I, I I'm glad you brought that quote up. I know what you're talking about, but I don't have the exact wording in front of me. So yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's a great question and that's a great point. Um, I guess in return, I would ask them and I'm just as guilty as the next person when it comes to this, but I guess I would ask them like, do you have time for Netflix? Do you have time to scroll through social media? Most likely the answer would be yes. And so if so, then you probably have time to pray. Um, and it's really just, again, I think looking at your priorities and your intentional aspect, your intentionality in your day-to-day actions and really to start your prayer life, even if it's just five minutes is better than nothing. And so to spend five minutes in silence, being able to connect with the Lord um, and just really looking at your schedule for each day and being intentional to, to write your prayer time in um, and to, to establish that time with the Lord and ideally at the same time every day. So it becomes a habit um, really, really kind of building on that spirituality and the life of Saint Jose Maria. He was he was really big on just building out a plan of life and 
scheduling out your day-to-day actions and scheduling out um, your spiritual life. And so we, outside of our spiritual life, we make time with our friends, we make time with our family, we make time to go shopping, we make time, you know, to watch TV, to go to movies. And so why don't we make time for the Lord? Um, And really just looking at our priorities and being able to schedule prayer in um, and to spend time in that silence. Um, And a huge thing for me too, just from a personal level, a few years back, during Lent one year. Um, I love music and I love listening to music in the car and whatnot on my way to and from work. Um, A huge thing for me was um, offering up music during Lent and spending my car rides in silence, which was a daunting task at first, but um, throughout (laughs) throughout Lent, I started utilizing that time to pray and started utilizing that silence to just think and think about life and spend that time with the Lord. And I found myself towards the end of Lent sitting at stoplights, just kind of naturally starting to pray for the people in the cars next to me. And I have no idea who these people are. I don't know where they're going. I don't know what their day holds for them at that point. But I was so, in my car rides, I was so disconnected from music and the radio and in tune with what was going on with the world that I just kind of naturally built up that connection of prayer time during the, in the car and just yeah, slowly found myself praying for other people. And so that was a really unique and powerful experience for me. But, um, and so I think silence too, in general, there's so much noise in our world and that the more that we can disconnect from everything that's going on around us and the technology and social media and just being able to find moments of solitude where we can connect with the Lord and really, um, and really begin to build that prayer life, I think is really important. Yep. No, I, I agree. I think, and, and, you know, being able to, to see our time for what it really is, is also, you know, ties into this. It's when it's quote unquote, our time, of course, we put more time towards Netflix, towards whatever your thing is scrolling through Instagram or, you know, just being lazy. Right. It's, it's easy and yet we have a we have a calling if we want to be saints where we have to be in conversation with him and sometimes that means stepping away and silencing ourselves i couldn't find the quote i can think of how he talks about it you know he talks jose maria scriva has a quote where he talks about basically with prayer and he says okay if you were a teacher professor you would of course put in the work because you have to in the classroom. The same thing is with prayer. He says it much better. I apologize, <laughs> folks listening to this one. I can't find it. I will, of course, find it right after after this right. podcast. Um, but he says, don't make an excuse that you don't have time. It's just that you do not care to pray. And one of his best traits is how blunt he is, in my opinion. Some people don't uh, find it to be what they want to hear, but I love it because I'm like, no, I need a kick in the pants and I know Jose Maria Scriva can give me one. And it's out of love. Yeah. So you really no, for sure. really can't beat it. Um, <laughs> so I guess I guess my next question to ask you um, is just do you have any favorite quotes? You know, we're talking about Jose Maria Scriva. Yeah. I will defend him and say that there's no more <laughs> there's no saint that's more quotable than Jose Maria Scriva. Somebody can argue yeah, me and say Saint <laughs> Augustine or whatever, but Sorry, like right. the man is just a spitting <laughs> quote machine. So do you have a couple favorites or any that you want to share? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, just the nature of my job, um, putting together all of, all, all of our social media posts every day and sharing, we share a different quote every single day. Um, and so I'm always, yeah, I'm always interested to see kind of what comes through even after I schedule it when I, you know, open Instagram for the day. Seeing his writings, I think every single day, something is so simple that comes up from his writings, but it just kind of hits you and you're like, oh yeah, I should really think about that um, aspect of my life. Um, and so I think for me, I'll share a couple. Um, the first one that always jumps out to me is from his homily, probably one of his most famous or well-known homilies is Passionately Loving the World. Um, but it is, there's something holy, something divine hidden in the most ordinary situations and it is up to each one of you to discover it. Um, and so I think again, taking that- Can you repeat that? Up, yeah, definitely. Um, so there's something holy, something divine hidden in the most ordinary situations and it is up to each one of you to discover it. Oh, I love that. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So just again, touching on, I think that almost sums up his whole, his whole life, his whole spirituality of just the ordinary holiness and finding sanctity in the day to day yeah. uh, moments. Um, and then another one of my favorites is um, his first quote in the way, um, which is don't let your life be sterile. Be useful, blaze a trail, shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. Um, and I can Yeah, you want to repeat that again too? Yeah. These are these are good ones. <laughs> um, so it's don't let your life be sterile, be useful, blaze a trail, shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. Uh, Beautiful. I think, um, yeah, again, it's just kind of a good it's a good, um, what's the word? It's a good uh, calling, or it's a good mission for your own life, too. Just to, oh, um, certainly. <laughs> like, the word is escaping me, but, um, but yeah, to really just kind of set yourself on that task and uh, moving forward with your eyes on Christ and being a witness to the world. Um, yeah. So those are probably my top two. Again, I, I can't hey, if you've got a few more, feel free. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, another favorite is don't wait until you're old to start becoming a saint. That would be a great mistake. Begin right now in earnest, cheerfully and joyfully by fulfilling the duties of your work and of your everyday life. It's funny you, you share that one. Literally, I was gonna, that was one of the ones that I was like, yep, this needs oh, nice. to be, <laughs> needs to be shared. But and yeah. I, I, I wasn't even aware of that quote until you used it um, when I did the blog. You shared that at the start of my blog. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, this is such a good quote. Yeah. So I, sure. I like that one a lot. But I think it pairs well with your ministry as well. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it definitely does. So it tied, it tied together well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious to hear if you have any favorites as well from St. Jose Maria, being that I know you're a fan of his. I, I do. Um, the one that I don't have is my, probably my favorite. So I will find that <laughs> and I will share that with everyone. Um, but I nice. do like just, I like the simple zingers, you know, don't say that For sure. that's the way I am. It's my character. It's your lack of character. Be a man. I just yes. I like yep. when I get my butt kicked. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> t- 
don't say that person annoys me. Think that person sanctifies me. I just, I mean, come on people. Like it's so true. We, we just want to complain and, and then there he is just kind of letting us know, you know, like, shut up. You need to understand. It's like a a spiritual slap in the face in the best way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It reminds Uh, you, uh, to wake up and look at yourself and yeah it's a good reminder every day yes exactly i'd say though i mean i i could go through and i mean i am usually impressed by almost every quote of his but um those are kind of my favorite ones and then and then the one about prayer just because he in short people he just tells us that we need to make time for it and i probably share it on facebook once every like four months just to, for myself. And then I'm like, all right, all of you, here you go. Sit with this, yeah. be upset at me for just a quick second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, that's how I am sometimes with, yeah, posting quotes for the Institute too. I'm like, I really need to hear this today. And hopefully I'm sure there's other people out there that need to hear this as well. <laughs> yep. yep. So I'm just going to put it out in the world. <laughs> Well, and, and if you are at home and you're like wondering how do I get a hold of some of these quotes, he actually has a, a little book um, or a three-part book, three of his works all in one um, called The Way, Furrow, and the Forge. And you can get that on, well, I don't know if you guys sell it. If you sell it, I would tell them to go, go through you. So yeah. <laughs> go on to the Institute's website, which I'll share after this, and you can buy a copy. And it's all of his, well, not all of his, but a bunch of his writings and just little quotes and, you know, little numbers that you can just pick and choose. So every topic you can think of is in there. So definitely mm-hmm. get it, definitely. purchase a copy and yeah. you're going to, you're going to love it. I mean, it's something you could open up every morning and just read a section or two and it's going to give you something to yeah. chew on. Yeah, I think, too, if I can just add to that, too, because I made, when I first learned about St. Jose Maria, I made the mistake of wanting to read his writings as though they were a complete book. And so I opened away trying to just read through it as a good section book, which it is. But a lot of his points in the way for On the Forge are really good spiritual nuggets for prayer Mm. to take, um, to kind of pray with and meditate with. Um, And so if you are looking for something a little more in depth or a little lengthier like a more traditional book per se i would suggest um also looking at his homilies um which are really profound as well um whether that so we have a collection of his homilies and um the books are called friends of god and christ is passing by um which is a good collection of his homilies as well if you're looking for something a little a little lengthier um but just as inspiring as the way and the listeners can get that also on the website um, yeah, also at the Institute. Look at this, guys. So many so many great opportunities. <laughs> uh, I also love his quote. Sorry, this is a little off topic, but I just thought of it and I have to share it. Uh, I, I share this because my brother, he's the one who really introduced me to St. Jose Maria. But he had it on yeah, his nice. school board as a teacher. And he said, "It's the, the quote reads, you think the mass is too long, question mark? I think your love is too short. Sorry, it makes me want to laugh because yeah. it's just like, oh man, dude does not, <laughs> he's not messing around. He's just, he's just throwing no. <laughs> arms at people and you just got to accept it. 
and for sure it's beautiful so i i guess now my uh I, I would always want to give you last thoughts anything else you want to say about jose maria or your work with the institute or just anything connected with our topic here today you know talking about sanctity and daily life sure yeah well thanks again brendan for having me it's been a blast um just talking with you um i think yeah, I mean, I think just in general, St. Jose Maria, there's so much to grasp about his life and there's so many components and aspects to it um, that really no matter, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, whether you're just getting started, whether you are just looking to take your prayer life deeper, um, you can definitely find something of benefit and find some source of inspiration from the life of St. Jose Maria, from his writings, um, and again, um, probably as he has, I'm sure he has a quote somewhere, but um, no matter where, you, where you're at in your journey, you can always pick up and start again. And it's never too late to strive for holiness. And so don't give up on the spiritual and the spiritual journey, the spiritual struggle, um, but just keep going and, um, and kind of hold true to his, to his quotes for that spiritual inspiration and the spiritual zingers, as you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to kind of pick yourself back up. <laughs> And, and I think he would, of course, want uh, you and I, we'd be remiss to not also hit on, you know, everything that he speaks about and gains his wisdom from is from sacred scripture. You know, he For sure. is a man who loves the word of God. And so turn to the word of God. You know, it's if, before you pick up his book, if you're really looking for uh, wisdom, go to the Bible and use him as something to, to supplement your spirituality. Because uh, in the end, it's all going to, wh what did you say his homily is called? The crisis uh, walking yeah, by? Yeah, it says, um, I think the book is, the book is Crisis Passing By, or there's another one called Friends of God, which have a collection of homilies that awesome. really actually are good for the big feast days of the church, too. Um, a lot of them are from major feast days, from when he gave them originally, so... They're really good supplements to yeah, scripture. Yeah. So there, so there, there's some, uh, some beautiful things to hopefully take from this. If nothing we said was any good, take that. You can read his homilies, you can read his writings, and you can always turn back to sacred scripture. Um, but now, uh, any, anything else? If not, I'll, I'll turn to my, my two final follow-up questions. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Let's go for it. All right, I guess my, my, my first and uh, first of my last two questions is Mount Rushmore of Saints. Who, who are your favorites? And if you Mount want Rushmore to explain why, feel free. Okay. Um, well, I think my first is probably obvious, St. Jose Maria. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's been a good job. Yes. <laughs> You've enjoyed it. Right. Um, yeah, so I'd definitely say St. Jose Maria, and then I would probably say um, St. John Bosco for his passion and work um, with the youth, um, St. Maximilian Colby, um, just for his passion for the Eucharist and for his integrity and for his willingness to sacrifice for others. Um, and then my other favorite, there's many, but um, for the top four from Mount Rushmore, we'll go uh, Blessed Chiara Badano, who's on her way to sainthood but um, just for her constant joy through her struggles and through her pain and suffering um, throughout her, um, the last few years of her life, um, and just for her joy. 
Can you tell me and our viewers just the 30 second snapshot of her? Because I think people probably sure, yeah. know the other three. Yeah, so the quick snapshot of Blessed Chiara. Um, so Blessed Chiara Badano, she lived in Italy, I believe, um, and she came down with um, osteosarcoma, which is a very painful um, bone disease. And so she was, I think, 17 at the time that she developed osteosarcoma. Um, and then, so she was essentially in the hospital for the last two years of her life. She passed away at, I think, the age of 19. Um, but the last couple of years when she was in the, in the hospital, she was in immense pain, um, but did um, often denied any painkillers or supplements. And so she really wanted to unite her pain and suffering with the pain that Christ experienced on the cross. And so a lot of people, including her family members, would come to the hospital thinking that they would be able to cheer her up, knowing how much suffering she was going through. Um, but what ended up happening is that when people came in to visit her, they left with Kiara really cheering them up themselves and leaving so much more fulfilled and so much more joyous than what their intended goal was. And so it really just goes to show kind of that joy that you can experience in suffering when it's united with Christ, when it's brought to when it's put forth in the right reasons. And then um, so after she passed away at her funeral, I think there were just thousands and thousands of people that showed up um, in her town, in her hometown in Italy to just pay their respects. And they had learned of her life or known her and um, were just inspired by her story. That's incredible. And let's, let me be honest, anyone at home who's listening, I, I asked because I didn't know. I, I wanted to know about her. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's awesome. And she, we also, yeah, we have pictures of her and she lived in, yeah, the 1900s. So. That's incredible. Well, you can say your others if you want, if you've got another three or four that you just want to spout off. I mean, my, my thought with this is at home, if someone's interested, they're going to say, let me look up that saint. And maybe they're going to be inspired by their example as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, my other, a couple of other favorites are just um, Mother Teresa, um, John Paul II, um, and then um, my patron saint, which is Gregory the Great. Um, probably, which is, you know, old timer compared to the other saints that I've already mentioned. But um, yeah, so those are kind of the top, my top favorites that I frequently turn to for, um, for intercession. That's a pretty good list. Well, thank you. And my, my final question for you is, what are you going to be the patron saint of? Somebody's going to turn to you for intercession. What's it going to be for? Um, that is a great question. Hopefully, hopefully I make it there one day. <laughs> Um, I, let's see, I would actually, so I used to be a barista, um, while I was freelancing for a bit as a worship leader. And so I would probably go with the patron saint of baristas because they deal, they deal with people at their, at some of the toughest moments of their day because they're dealing with uncaffeinated humans, which I think, <laughs> uncaffeinated individuals, um, which, you know, if, if you're a coffee drinker, I don't know. I know I'm a coffee drinker and coffee gets you going. So for those regular regulars at the coffee shop, 
dealing with an uncaffeinated person can be a challenge. So I'll go with yeah. baristas. <laughs> hey, I think it's a good one. I, I don't drink coffee, but I do drink caffeine. Okay. So I, uh, nice. there you go. I understand its importance and its vital role. I, I don't get mean or anything. I just get tired, but it, uh, I yeah. need it every day. So nice. Nice. I think that's a, that's a pretty good one. Well, thank you so much, Benjamin, for, for taking the time this evening to to speak with me and to share your insights on Jose Maria and just your insights on sanctity in, in general. I think hopefully our, our, our listeners will be able to gain something from this. I know I did. Um, and it's just always beautiful to hear from other young Catholics who are pursuing holiness and kind of letting the saints be part of uh, that journey to to holiness by using their examples. Uh, so thank you so much, truly. Definitely, you're welcome. And thanks, Brendan, again for having me. It's been a blast chatting with you. And I'm glad or, yeah, I'm glad that I'm able to help out um, your ministry as well. Well, yeah, no, honestly, you've been, a, you've been a big help and the Institute's been a big help. And uh, I am, of course, going to ask everyone who's listening to this to, after you finish it, to say a prayer for Benjamin and for the work that the Jose Marie Institute's doing, that they can continue to be God's hands and feet and continue to bring people closer to Christ because we need it. And we need good, holy ministries that are, are, are chugging along and doing, doing just that. So please, please pray for him. Once again, thank you so much. And to all of you listening at home, have a wonderful day and God bless.